I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets if I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid on the same soil that my grandfather's was walking. Know your history. Tata Pai Lautiwa. Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory, a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Uh, I'm so glad to be recording. It's been a minute since we've recorded and I feel like <sighs> so many amazing thing has, things have happened between the last time we recorded to now. <laughs> right. I know it's been a few weeks. It's always a trip when it is a few weeks because then it's like, what do we talk about now? <laughs> exactly. Because uh, there is so much, like you said, like even in the last, I don't know, three or four days alone, it's been jam-packed. And then you mm-hmm. take it back 12 to 14 days and it's like, ooh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a minute. But I have seen you, so that is yes. a bonus and a plus. Because yes. usually, I mean, we don't see each other until we record, you know, online. Exactly. And so it's been nice to actually be around you, which it's always nice to be around <sighs> you. But it was really nice to, to be in the same space as you. Right. And for more than like 12 hours. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow. Ooh, and the next day. And, and guess the what? Next day. The next day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a good start for like uh, future future coming togethers and like doing things, mm-hmm. um, especially with some of the dates we have lined out on the calendar. So I'm yeah. like, all right, it's a, a good omen for the rest of everything else, or not omen? What would it be? A good projection? A good feeling? A good? What's? I don't. I don't know the right mm. word. I pick up what you're putting down. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. I have not been able to label words these past two days. I don't know what's (laughs) going on. I keep saying, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word that I'm looking for? Like, it's not. (laughs) I have not been good at labeling these last couple days, my words. I'm like, if anyone out there does have a better word, do let me know. I don't know if it's like a projection or a prophecy or foresight. I don't know. Foresight? Who knows? Uh, (laughs) Whatever it may be, let us know. (sighs) Yes, uh, so it looks like you're back East Coast now, right? I am. Okay, okay. So Adjusted I'm, well? I'm adjusting, so it's it's been okay. good. I actually kind <laughs> In of... In progress. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been here for like the last two days now, um, but it's good. It's good to kind. It's a good feeling to kind of just wake up in my space. I'm still getting like moved in completely, so that's why I kind of ah, rushed okay. back, so to speak, um, from home because I was in Lapway. Um, for some work and usually I'll linger around for a couple weeks to a month which is really bad because it's so comfortable and so um, I love that window it's like (laughs) it could be an hour it could be days it could be a month like yes I mean it's been worse than a month it's been like a month and a half to two months and I'm just like a whole season together yes literally literally so um so yeah I kind of came back as soon as my things kind of wrapped up after a day or two. And um, so now I'm back and I'm still getting moved in and adjusted, which is which is kind of great. I'm enjoying the process. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been good to kind of just wake up in my space and yeah. get some work done. So that's been what I've been on these past couple days, day and a half. It's work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I have my uh, 
my big cup of coffee here today. Uh, I decided today was like a sleep in day. Yesterday, I only got a couple hours of sleep. Uh, I was up working till about 2 a.m. And then I was like, oh, I'll be good to like sleep. I won't set an alarm or whatever. I woke mm-hmm. up at 5.30. So I got like three, Damn. maybe three and a half hours of sleep. Uh, and then I, <laughs> you're Not jealous of my three time, hours, but I'm jealous oh, of the okay. morning wake oh, up. Getting because, up, okay. Yes, because yeah. everybody knows I'm not a morning person, but that <laughs> has been like my goal time to get up. Yeah. But yeah, three well, hours. Was, I don't know about three hours. It wasn't. It wasn't wished for. It was actually the opposite of what I wished for. Yeah, it's what I got. So yeah. I was like, well, I guess this is how I'm running my day today. <laughs> uh, so yeah, today I got to get some sleep in, and then yeah, I got my. Uh, a big cup of coffee. I got like an extra large cup. Usually it would be like half this size. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go for a double because why the F not? Yeah, uh, just push treat through yourself. the day. Yeah. <laughs> I know mine's about, mine's a little baby size. It's oh, a little so cute. flat little cup. Yeah, I don't put too much. I don't drink too much coffee. I can only do like one a cup or one cup, one cup um a day because your girl can get some bubble guts so but the one place i haven't my mom actually researched it because when we went to italy we were drinking coffee and cappuccinos like every day and i'm like my stomach hasn't been bothering me like i don't know what it is but like i can drink this coffee all day and so she looked it up and i forget what she said but it's like basically that what how it's pressed or how it sits or something so i'm like Huh, I don't know what's with American coffee. I mean, I'm assuming it's probably like, um, I would assume maybe they add certain things so that way they can produce more, maybe. I don't I don't really know, but but yeah, so I usually just go as far as one cup and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Uh, yeah, that's so strange. I would, now I'm curious, which, I don't know, I guess it is like that when you go to different places. Like, you know, things are far more organic or... I don't know, mm-hmm. just like whatever it may be. Like, yeah, we laughed about that in our trips to Mexico because we we're like, uh, we were there for a week, and there we had this really awesome staff that was like helping to cook for us and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my friends are like, yeah, everything here is organic. Like all the all the vegetables and meat and whatnot is like pesticide free, mm-hmm. hormone free. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like you know, it's a process to get that here in the states, and when you do, yeah. it's still like it's farmed in like a super strange way. I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, yeah, when you go to these other places, the stuff that they offer has a different quality to it. So like it sits in your body different, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I've been one, I've never juiced before, but I've been thinking about trying it because I ate terrible this last week. (laughs) When I'm at home, I'll eat anything and everything. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, Michaela, what what is going on with you? Why are you eating like this? And it was bad because one day I had an effort day. And like I went to the store. Everybody knows what the store is in Lafway. It's the Come one on. store we have. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, the only thing that they serve that is readily available is very unhealthy. I mean, they do have a little cute little section of sandwiches, but I mean... For me, it's a Today, pizza pocket every time. Yeah, so I relented and I was like, I, did, I don't eat pizza pockets, but I do. I don't know why I never got into them. 
But I got some JoJo's. I got the mm-hmm. little deep fried beef tips. Okay. I got a side of cheese and I got a chicken strip, some Fuck hot Cheetos, and two Calypsos. Fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> the glass, uh, like juice drink Calypso. Oh, yes. most- <laughs> I know exactly like, what you're you talking what? about. Screw <laughs> it. I'm having me a nice little res meal today. I don't even care. I deserve it. I worked hard this week. <laughs> and so I had that. And then. Um, and I never thought I would do this, but I already had the side of cheese for like my chicken strip and my beef tip. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to try a hot Cheeto in the cheese dip. Okay. And it was so good. And yeah. like, I never thought I would do that because I see it on social media all the time. Like that looks nasty. Like they're going to be on the toilet, but it was so good. And I was like, okay, Michaela, chill. It's the only day you're going to do this because you don't need these habits. So, so yeah. And then I forgot what I ate the following day. It was just terrible. And I'm like, okay, I need to just go back and juice start over (laughs) but i really don't eat like that when i'm by my like usually like when i'm by myself like i cook so like i'll cook while i'm home and the only times i'll eat out is like if i'm going to link up with my friends or there's some family thing going on for the most part so i i'm usually pretty good but i'm like shoot i need a reset after that last week i don't know what i was thinking (laughs) Uh, you went in that was like indulgent it's terrible. I hate that there's even public record of this, but it's what it is. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's always a pizza pocket. I loved the pizza pockets ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's got those. yeah, yeah. I, I I honestly I haven't seen those pizza pockets anywhere else in life, and I think that's why. Mm-hmm. Like when I would come over from Seattle, I, I never saw those anywhere in Seattle. So, like, it was a specialty. Mm. It was, what do you call those? Like, a, a delicacy. Whenever I came <laughs> to the Valley Foods Deli, it was yeah. like, ooh, girl, the delicacy at Pizza Pocket. And because <laughs> that little, like, paper sleeve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it has that, like, crazy little shape to it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I loved it. And uh, so, Pizza Pocket, JoJo's. Uh, and then I'll usually go and get, like, one of those lemonades or, like, a like a vitamin, like, one of the large vitamin waters. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm trying to think what else. Lately, I've also been like doing like because you can't buy individual pop tarts, so I'll buy like a whole pack of pop tarts, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I guess I'll just eat the rest later. Yeah, yeah, you know, I want something sweet to go with it, so it's like I'll have at least one of these cartridges of pop tarts along with mm-hmm. my meal. Uh, yeah, a pizza <laughs> pocket is always, 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 always number one up there with it. That's <sighs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I don't, everybody used to get them. Um, like even in the like when we would get out for school during lunch everyone would have pizza pockets but i never could get into them it just wasn't my thing but it made i wanted to get into them i just couldn't get into <laughs> them was the was them. <laughs> yeah but i'm pretty plain jane it makes me know, curious as to where they regular. source them i don't know you know because i'm like they've, they've had them for literally 30 years mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so i used Everything to have them when i was a kid has been here for, <laughs> <laughs> for all of my life you One know? thing that I like to get, like when I, I feel like only the res has, is a huckleberry ice cream. And I don't mm, know how okay. they chill their ice cream and how it sits in that freezer, but there's like a distinct taste with <laughs> Valley Foods ice cream. In the little ice cream case. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, but you can't get this taste anywhere else. I don't know. It's way the way the ice cream hardens. I don't know what temperature they got it on, but it's like something special about that ice cream, especially the huckleberry ice cream when it's in season. I'm like, dang, this is good. Yes. And then they pile it on there. One scoop is really like three. So. <laughs> uh, anyways. <Yeah. laughs> right? 
Well, uh, to match your match your meal. So I I thought I was gonna get a good meal, especially leaving Lapway. Yeah, uh, I didn't necessarily stop at the at the store because I was like, I need something a little bit more hearty to like travel with. So I went into town. I went into Lewiston, and then I stopped at Sharps, which you know, yeah, so that's another one. Yep, yep. So I stopped at Sharps Burger, Sharps Burger Ranch, uh, which another specialty and or delicacy for me because uh, mm. they don't have Sharps in other places outside of that area. Mm-hmm. That I know of. Just uh, so, yeah. Come on, right? Uh, so, yeah, I got my burger and fries, which, you know, then they load you up with all of those uh, fry, sauces. fry sauces. They give you, like, <laughs> five of them mugs. And I'm like, okay, like, I appreciate it. I only need, like, one, maybe two yet. You know, I'll take the five, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I was slightly disappointed about is the fact that it's not yet Huckleberry Shake season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got so good I, shakes, too. Uh-huh. So I, I did get a shake. I got a strawberry shake, uh, which was still great. I still appreciated it for what it was. Yeah, it is, like, right along with what you're saying. Like, the Huckleberry Shake and the amount of Huckleberries that they put in the mm-hmm. shake. Oh, my gosh. It's generous. Ooh, it's generous. It's, it, it is, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. you actually need the spoon to be able to, like, dig them out because you don't want to waste the Huckleberries. Exactly. Because uh, they're too bomb. Mm-hmm. Um so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah. always called it Burger Ranch growing up. My, my okay. mom, like, yep. also when yep. people would say sharks, I'm like sharks. I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's the same Burger thing. Ranch. But yep. yeah, the sauces we keep the sauces. We put them in the <laughs> you, fridge. You my have mom, to. <laughs> my mom buys the bottle of sauce, oh, and so we I think always I saw that have like place. a bottle. But it's like it's like I don't know. You know, growing up, how like your parents had things that were just for your parents. Like it's like a big deal. Yes. It's like adults mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. So. And it's like my dad would do it when he does like cookouts, you know, the brats are for the adults, the hot dogs are for the kids, the chicken breast is for, you know, for the adults, the wings is for you, whatever. Yeah. So my, it was the same, like the same way with my mom's fry sauce. It was like, <laughs> this is her fry sauce. And if you use some, don't waste it. Like, and, you gotta add, and I always had felt like I had to ask, can I use some of your fry sauce? <laughs> She'd be like, no. <laughs> She'd be like, just a little bit. <laughs> so, but yeah, she always used to buy them and then even when my mom did live on the east coast at the time she would bring some bottles back with her so it was like hey there's Go only so off. much yeah but now um she still gets them now they're even bigger bottles which is nice and so we always have burger ranch fry sauce in our fridge <laughs> yes yeah i've never but, left with one i need to though like i've never thought to I didn't even know yeah. you could actually until mm-hmm. I saw you have it that one time and I was like, "What? Really? Yeah, I was <laughs> you like, can buy all my bottle. life. <laughs> <laughs> all my yeah. life, I had to make my own fry sauce. <laughs> that was handy because one thing Valley Foods and Donalds don't get right is their fry sauce. No shade, shade, but like <laughs> Burger Ranch is bad. I don't even say they don't get it right. I'm just saying it's not as good. Yeah, Let's Burger Ranch has it its way. distinct. It's it's a copyrighted, very like distinct, distinct. fry sauce taste and like everybody yeah. does it different some people put like some sort of you know um hot sauce in it some people put some kind of pickle juice or whatever but it's just yeah. like their fried sauce is popping and yeah. my dad always got a kick out of it because they call it secret sauce and then the oh. ingredients are in the back of the bottle <laughs> <laughs> secrets but, out <laughs> but you never know i mean they probably left one or two things out but who knows anyway right. it's exactly good. keep the people guessing been, yeah if y'all come down to the lcv Go to, to our Nimi Poo homelands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, We're trying to Ew, make that Go to <laughs> Sharps Burger Ranch in Lewiston, Idaho. They on what is it? Thane. Yeah, no, like, and 
21st. I yeah. don't know. I always get those cheats. Me too. <laughs> I was like, anyway, I, the main I was about one. to. You know I was exactly about to. I was talking like, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, not the main, main one, but the one exactly. going uphill. It's so yeah. bad. We should definitely know this. As soon as you come into town, just keep going straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm not even, I've never been someone who does good with directions. I'm mm. a land, like, I'm a very visual person in everything that I so do. You go off the so it's like, I go off with the landmarks. Yeah. Like, I can, if I go one way, I can get us right back. But, like, if you mm-hmm. tell me the street name, I'm like, I have no idea, but I know how to get us back. Yeah. Yo, that's old ways. You're just honoring the ways of your ancestors right there, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> that's the way it used to be done. That's, that's why your bones resound with it. Yep. Yeah, so. real, real wise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it felt hella good to be back down uh, in the, like we said, Nimipu homelands around Lapway, Lewiston, uh, and to be there for almost a full week. I was there, I want to say, Monday to Friday. I was going to stay through Saturday. Uh, yeah, I was ready to come back home after all the activity that we had prior to that. Uh, yeah, it just like, it did my heart well. I was able to spend some time with my grandparents down there, uh, got to see different aunts and uncles. I actually got to stay with one of my aunties and uncles that I don't often get to stay with. Mm -hmm. And so that was really nice because like I grew up with their kids. So I've mentioned here on the show that like, I'm one of, I want to say 36, maybe 37 now first cousins. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm number five out of that entire lineup. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of the OGs. I'm, I'm starting lineup uh, first off the bench. So, <laughs> <laughs> or I guess, yeah, never on the bench, I guess, right? Because number five, I wasn't on the bench to begin with. Uh, yeah, moral sure. is, uh, unless it's a three-on-three tournament, which I guess you only get okay, four players anyways. Okay, we're taking this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get what I'm talking about. Uh, moral is, so I grew up with uh, this auntie and uncle's, uh, like, all, all their kids are my age range. So, like, I was always out at their place as a youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then to return 20-something years later uh, and to be out there as an adult and, like, kicking it in the same places that I was, like, with my cousins before, it was, like, just nostalgic down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, one of my cousins actually still lives there with his family. So I got to see his little girls, my two nieces, who are just absolutely adorable. Uh, and he's like full ranch life now. So he's got like livestock coming in and they have their horses and whatnot. Uh, and he just got back from Buffalo country. So like literally as soon as I pulled into the driveway, he came out and he's like, have you eaten yet? And I was like, nah. And he's like, oh, we got Buffalo burgers and uh tater tot casserole. You down? And I was like, mm. <laughs> let's go. You know? <laughs> I love tater tot casserole. Fun fact. Right? Like I legit love tater tot casserole. Like my mom and my sister hate, they're just like, ew. What? And I'm just like, I love it though. <laughs> like nobody oh, liked it in high Exactly. Cause they would serve it in high school. On the okay. rest, and everybody would skip it or not eat it, and I'm sitting there, the only one in the cafeteria, even as a senior, is tater tot castro. Yeah, exactly. Like, can I get a second? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love some tater tot casserole. Right, is everything, and low key, um, my cousin just brought me the two, like he brought me two buffalo burgers to begin with, and I was mm-hmm. like eating those, and I was like, um, oh, so about that tater tot casserole though. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. He's like, oh my bad, so he went back, and, like grabbed some for me, and I was like, all right, I appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, it was like all of that to say that it was like it was heartwarming, you know. Again, to yeah. be back around my grandparents, be around some some of my family that I don't often get to visit, mm-hmm. and then yeah, that tradition of like sitting down and. Once you get to a person's household, sitting down, getting fed, and sharing stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it did my heart well, and it energized me for the week ahead that we had last week. Uh, so, yeah, that was, like, 
the perfect start to it all. And low-key, it ended in the same way, where it's just like some family time, a good meal, and then making my way back up to Spokane. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about the Reds. It's a beautiful, 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 beautiful place, you know. I think everyone has their own interpretations of it. Um, but for those of us that really, you know, resonate with our homelands, it's it's a great feeling to be home. Yeah. You know, it's just comfortable and cozy, you know, too much to where I have to force myself out, <laughs> but just, you know, when I got work to do. But it's just, it's been, you know, it's it's been amazing just to kind of also seeing just... I mean, I mean, this is just for anyone. I mean, at any point, it's like it's beautiful to see our res evolving in so many beautiful, beautiful ways. Um, but realizing a lot of things haven't changed either in all the right ways, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So, yeah, yep. love being home. Well, hearing you say that, uh, I wonder, too, about like the nuances of like the res itself, because we're very fortunate with us that like our reservation lines are still within our traditional homelands. Mm -hmm. So like of the traditional homelands of the Nimipu, we are reduced down to about like 9%. I believe it's under 10% of like our traditional homelands and it's one certain section of it. Yeah, it's still our homelands. It's still the the places of our ancestors and it still holds within it uh, the, the origin of our people. Uh, mm-hmm. The heart of the monster, you know, we, we have direct ties to the lands. And so, like, I know with other people, too, like when they talk about like their reservations or whatnot, they're not always directly on their traditional homelands uh, in the same capacity. So I always think about that, too. I'm like how fortunate we are to be mm-hmm. able to, like, have our our land that is, quote unquote, secured for us uh, yeah. still within our, our traditional. We've been here for thousands of years area. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's that part of it that I enjoy, that, like, it feels like our energy seeps miles down into the soil every mm-hmm. time you step onto it, rather than it just, like, being the boundaries of a quote-unquote reservation. You know, it's like, no, these yeah. are our lands. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That just kind of hit me right now. Yeah. and it's And it's beautiful. And I think that's... I have that conversation with some people um, in regards to, I guess, my geographical location, if that okay. makes sense. Like, okay. Because, yeah, you're um, on the East Coast. Yeah. And I think, however, you know, whenever I explain it, I'm like, we're the only, I don't want to say race, but I mean ethnicity, I guess, within this country who have their original homelands in this country. It's like every other mm. ethnicity doesn't have that, you know, privilege and opportunity and blessing to be a part be a part of the land that you know they are once originally connected to um and so even you know when i am home people keep saying well why are you why are you still over there if you don't have a job like like working for someone (laughs) yeah yeah and you know why don't you come home and i get that all the time and i'm like you know i don't i I don't want to come home until i can be a resource for my people long term i'm going to be home like that's that's the plan i plan on being you know raising my family i plan on having a house out out there like that's that long term i will be there but right now i'm like i'm young I want to experience, you know, things. I want to see yeah. the world. I want to, you know, become more knowledgeable. So then that way, when I come home, I'm home. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I, I'm paying it forward in what ways that I can. So that way we can kind of uplift and build our community. And then over here, it's like when I do talk about, pe- like, talk to people, 
even my own family, I'm like, you know, I, I love that I have family over here, but my roots are over there. You know, I didn't have to be raised over there. I just naturally have this connection to the land. So long term, that's where I'm going to be, you yeah. know. So it's just really trying to get the most out of my life and what I want to do between now and then, you know. But long term, I will be there, you know. So yeah. That's where I'll probably grow old and settle down. And I have forever to settle down. So I'm like, I'm not necessarily <laughs> in a rush to go home and stay home. Um, that will always be home to where, of yeah. course, you know, I'm going to be doing what I'm doing by, you know, getting back and going back. But I'm like, um, you know, long term, I will definitely be planting my seeds there um, for sure. Yeah. Yo, I as you were talking about that, I got like visions of us uh, being back home, you know, meeting bi-monthly or once a month in the circle of elders you know mm-hmm. where i'm in my 90s you're in your 80s like <laughs> be like remember when <laughs> yeah. yeah you know who, who who knows what changes will be in effect by that time you know it's wild to think it's like 60 years from now i'm like we can do a lot of things in 60 years mm-hmm. uh, which yeah it excites me because yeah i mean for me too like that's that's definitely a thing like that will always be home for me and like here now that I'm in my mid to going on late 30s uh I have one more year of mid 30s I guess uh uh, yeah making my plans to like you know get my land and get my home set up out there um and even for me like I know exactly like where my bodies are gonna where where my body my bones are gonna be laid to rest like Mm -hmm. the very hilltop that I ran around as a kid will be the very place that like my body is laid to rest mm-hmm. and I already know that you know which is wild so like it, it is my forever home yeah uh or I mean I guess you know creator willing uh <laughs> and you know because I, I can't predict the future yet you know if it were to be my way and you know what the plans are uh mm-hmm. it's wild because yeah I'm like I used to like run around this this tract of land as a child and you know grew up on it all throughout my life and like i know that like that's going to be the place that i'll most likely be laid to rest alongside some of my other family members mm-hmm. uh so i'm like this is my forever place you know my forever yeah. home and for me similar to you like having uh different places where it's like well where are you from you know uh it's like well i'm from here I'm also yeah. from here, you I know. Hate I guess that question. you know. <laughs> I hate uh, that question. Of all the places I've ever been from, the the area that I'm talking about on our Nimipu homelands mm-hmm. in Lapue on Nespers on the Nespers reservation, that has like been my forever home. It's yeah. been the only constant throughout mm-hmm. all of it. So yeah, it's like it's super heartwarming for me, <clears> just like you're saying, like knowing that like I have the capacity to go out and do the things that I can do right now mm-hmm. and will always be securely tied back yeah. to this place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it's in my future regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, I, like I said, I, I hate that question. Where are you from? Because it's like, I, I will say I'm from Idaho, even though I didn't necessarily grow up there. Okay. So like I, I was born in Connecticut. So I was there for two first two years. I moved every two to three years for Dang. whatever reason. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was Connecticut for two years, Delaware for two years, um, White Plains for actually three years. Is that Michigan? Oh, White Plains, New York. Sorry, New York yeah, okay. for, and then I moved to another place in New York for another three. So a total of six years in New York. 
moved out to Lapway for, I think, three years and then moved to um, to Idaho and then Montana. I was there for two years and I went back to New York for like another two years, came back to Idaho for like another two years and then went to Dang. school in Kansas for... Um, let's see, 2013, 2014, a year and a half. Went to Colorado for like six months and then came back to Idaho and I was there for a long time. <clears throat> so growing up, I was kind of just all over the map. And yeah. so, but my roots were over here on the East Coast. You know, I grew up around my dad's family um, for the first 10 years of my life, but then also going back there during my teenage, back here for my teenage years. So I mean, realistically, I'm from the East Coast, but whenever anybody asks, I'm like, oh, I'm from Idaho, because that's where my people are from. You know, yeah. that's where, you know, and I don't have those, and anyone can say, oh, Michaela's not really from here, or she doesn't, you know, um, she didn't grow up here, she didn't go to Head Start here, or whatever, and they can easily say that, but it's like, I've never ran into that, and I even was actually speaking to Daniel about this, shout out to Daniel from Browntown, um, I was talking to him about that a while ago and I'm like, man, anybody can just, you know, they can, with how, with how much I try to do for my community, I'm like, I never know how it's being received. I don't know yeah. if they're saying, oh, she's not even from here. She's not even here in the community or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, I've never heard that. Like people, you know, you, you, you're one of us, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. it's like, of course, of course you're, you're from here. So, and then, and so whenever I talk about where I'm from, regardless, uh, I always say, you know, I'm from from Idaho. I'm from the Nespers and Nimipu Reservation. Um, I usually just say my reservation instead of Idaho because people don't even think Idaho is a state out here. <laughs> What's the, yeah. I get all the time. I never have to show my ID out here. They're like, I've never met anyone from Idaho. And I'm like, I get this every single time I show it my ID. It does exist. Where is Idaho? And I'm like, it's within the 50 states. Like, aren't we grown? Shouldn't you know this? <laughs> but yeah, so it's like Lapways and, you know, our, our lands are always going to be home regardless. And that's what we're going to, you know, cater to and we are back to because, you know, our ancestors were literally there. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I didn't realize that you moved around so much. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I, have, I feel like that's part of why I have this urge to where I remember, I think I mentioned this on one of the episodes. I just feel like everything's temporary and like, yeah. it's just well, something. It makes sense. Me. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. And so that's why I'm been trying to just feel settled and not get like when I go home, I'm not, that's why I was kind of anxious just to kind of, to get away a little bit because I want to I want to really explore and be present in where I'm at and get the most out of it. I think when you feel like everything's temporary, you don't allow yourself to fully experience what's going on around you. So I just mm. I'm like I just want to get back and actually, you know, take in this chapter of my life, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, but yeah, I literally moved every 2 to 3 years. Dang. What Sorry, last part. Uh what's like your first type of memory like it was because it wasn't Connecticut or Delaware, was it? No, it was so White like right Plains. in New York. Yeah, right. Yeah, in there. so that was about forty-five minutes outside of the city. So okay. very close. Not even forty-five <laughs> minutes. My bad. No, it's like thirty minutes out of the city. And then when I went up to upstate New York, um, where I went to high school and a little bit of middle school or elementary school, yeah, um, that was about forty-five minutes outside of the city. But um. Yeah, so I was that was that's probably my first memory. I remember the house. I remember being there, living there, having friends on the street, playing kickball in the backyard, riding bikes. Like I remember all of that. But I think one thing that's bittersweet is I don't really have, you know, oh, I mean, I have that street, but it's like I don't have people 
at all in my life to where I can be like, oh, I remember me and so-and-so used to do this and we're still friends to this day. Like those are the moments I yearn for. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm very grateful, you know, for the parenting my parents did because it showed me what's all out in the world and what's possible. You know, I was very much shown um, what life has to offer and in many different ways. And so I think that's also why I kind of have that go-getter attitude to where, you know, if I want it, I can get it. You know, it can can be done. Um, There is no word for impossible because I've seen different places. I've been through different experiences. I've been uncomfortable plenty of times with having to meet people or whatever. So... It's bittersweet because I do yearn for those type of memories, you know, and especially coming home, everyone grew up together. Everyone went to Head Start together. Even my sister has those (laughs) memories. You know, my sister has, you know, the part that I kind of wish I had, but I'm Mm -hmm. still very much grateful for the journey I had as well because it it really kind of solidified me into being confident in myself because I had... I had to be, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I had to just with, with constantly switching schools and um, it just allowed me to stay focused and really just kind of understand my own strengths and, you know, everything else is a bonus and just really just kind of, you know, what's, I can't think of the word, but anyway, just really trying to be, you know, focusing on myself and what I'm capable of because, you know, things do switch, things do change. So I got to, you know, stay confident within myself in a sense. But yeah, but yeah, yes. Yo, ain't that a trip, though? How like the younger sibling and or siblings get a completely different experience in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, completely. girl, if you only knew, you know, she loves it. Chloe yeah. loves it. And that's I think I love just watching her as well when it when it comes down to that and just her being like, I love hear, hearing I, like we we're cleaning her room today. She's going to hate that I brought this. Yeah. Well, I always today, love but... a Chloe story. I'm like, come on, inside <laughs> tea, let's go. Well, I always say she had a little bit of a hoarding problem. And she's finally accepting it. But I was like, because I was there last weekend, and I was like, okay, let's just grab she's five just, things. Like, five just things, up. Just, It was winter. It she was doing traditional <laughs> no, practices. She's storing like up. Five, ten years now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, hey, I was sitting there. I was like, hey, just grab five things. Like, let's figure out to do what, what to do with. And I had a, you know, there was a method to the madness. I was Come like, on. let's just yep, grab five yep. things. And so she's cleaning up. She's like, you know what? Let me just let me just do all this. I'm like, okay, great, great. So we're going through her stuff, throwing away goodwill, throwing away her goodwill, yeah, keep yeah. throwing away goodwill. And so, and I was like, and it was cute because a lot of this stuff, it's like she's like, oh yeah, this is my classmates, um, classmates item or whatever you know I want to keep this or I still wear this or you know and it was just cute because it was just like dang I was like I love how strong her class is and you know they really did grow up together and you know she has people she can lean on and even just seeing her and um Pox last week um shout out to Pox he's um part of Indigenous Creative he's a great photographer um they grew up together and um seeing them just kind of mess around and hang out and it's like just that energy and I'm like dang I'm like I'm so glad that she has that because you know I don't really have a lot of those relationships and friendships as soon as you move it's like there's an expiration date like you only have so Mm. long before you're about to drift apart and so I think that's another thing is like I don't I don't have those long-time friendships you know I do have my very few that you know and those very few I really hold close to me like I'm really I rather have a small circle than a large circle anyway but um the way it works for her it's like all of her classmates they're all very tightly knit and I just love it I love seeing it 
But um, so yeah. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we go through five things, and then <laughs> she um, then she'd have like a like a stack of shirts. I'm like, okay, let's just do let's just do one row of shirts. And then uh, she's like, Michaela, I see oh, what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> so then she went through like five <laughs> rows of shirts, and I'm like, I'm okay, so proud off. of you. Yeah, because she she keeps everything, and I think just as I think all natives kind of have this to where it's like we have a, an attachment to things. Yes. And I feel so mean, but I'm just like you know I don't. I, I like not having attachment to things um, because it just kind of, I feel like for me, it leaves room for heartbreak a little bit. If something mm. breaks, if something gets lost, it's like that totally defeats you, you know, yeah. and you want to hold on to even more things. And so I've learned to detach my stuff from material things. Even when I travel, I'm like, I don't need a bunch of stuff. Like I have pictures, you know, yeah. I'm grateful to have an iPhone to where I can take pictures and hang, print out those pictures and put them on the wall. Um, so the one thing, the one thing that I do keep are letters. I'm a sucker for a letter. So anything okay, that the yes. person has physically wrote or, you know, it was a part of them, then I'll keep it. But I don't have attachments to things. And so, but my sister does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, I, she's like, oh, I really like these. I'm like, well, are you going to wear them again? Are you going to use them again? It's been, you didn't even know it was here. There's dust on it. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, take a picture. And she's like, so she'll take a picture. She's like, okay. But, um, so yeah. And, uh, I forgot how I even got over here and why I even went over here. Anyway. Yeah. I don't have an attachment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like growing up being, uh, close to people into places oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah being close to things and so that's what makes her beautiful too as well though it's like she just she's shout out to my sister i love my sister yes but without she, a um, doubt she no. um she yeah everything just having that just that energy i think amongst us as natives and us as community on our res it's like a lot of things it's just it's cozy regardless um and being able to have those memories and you know you know it's it's, it's a good feeling and even though i don't necessarily have as much um, it's still very welcoming at the same time. Like our community and our res is very, very welcoming. And I'm realizing um, that compared to other reses, you know, not that I was saying ours is terrible, but it's just, it's really nice to know how loving and accepting our our res is. Yeah. So I have to say, I don't even know why I just you talking so much. Uh, <laughs> you were in. I was living. I said, go off. Well, because it's crazy. You you covered a lot. You know, you covered community and belonging because those are huge things. Being mm-hmm. able to identify with a place and or with a group of people, that's huge. And those are like great emotional, spiritual and mental health factors or contributors, you know. Mm-hmm. So like having access to that is one, a blessing. And I also enjoy the the talk about holding on to things Uh you know how with like the different Kenya Bear shows like Blackish or Black AF or this and that, how a lot of times there's like a reference to, well, where does this come from? And it's like, oh, it comes from slavery, you know, mm-hmm. um, like wearing your, your Sunday best or mm-hmm. I don't know, like different uh, societal norms or rules or whatever they are, respectability politics themselves. It's like, well, where does this stuff come from? And then, you know, within his shows, he's always like, well, it traces back to this in slavery. I. You know, I I feel very much that with holding on to things within, like, my family and or in our community. I mentioned this once before, that Netflix show about minimalism, watching Mm -hmm. it and how it felt (laughs) anti-Indigenous or, like, anti-Native. Because, yeah, very much like, well, if you don't use it every day, throw it away, basically, is kind of, like, 
a, mm-hmm. a very broad summation of the minimalism show and what they were doing. Uh, and I'm like, we can't necessarily do that, you know, yeah. just with regalia alone, you know, exactly. talking, talking about all of our beaded and sewn and woven items, like the accumulation of those things and holding on to them for generations so that they get mm-hmm. passed down from one to the other. Like we can't just be like, oh, well, I didn't use that buckskin dress for the past mm-hmm. three months. So now I'm just going to give it away. No. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I need it for these things. Sure, I may only bust it out four times a year, mm-hmm. yet it's something that was given to me by my mom. It was worn by my great aunts and it was made by my great, great grandmother, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And so then I think about that, like, even the fact that, like, we hold on to so much. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because of so much being taken away from us. You know, oh, like, dang. ooh, that's a bar. Rewind you know what I'm that, saying? y'all. Take it back 15 seconds. <laughs> Let the people hear that again. Dang, but I'm saying, mm-hmm. I'm saying though, like, I wonder if why the reason, because I feel the same way with my family, with the things that we hold on to, even down to the t-shirts, like a t-shirt mm-hmm. itself, because it has that sentimental value because it ties you to a story, to an experience in life. You know, yeah. whether it's in your high school time Ugh, or, you know, whatever it. it is. Yeah. So I these, hate these... It, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, we're, we're storytelling people, you know, the titwatit. Yeah. Like that's that's the way that we conduct our lives. And that's the way that we shared our lives with future generations. We didn't write these things down. We told story and even story was put into our artwork or the things that we wore. And it wasn't even like uh, necessarily like, oh, I'm weaving this design into this dress. Like, no, this dress came from this wedding trade. It came from this family that came over from Nikyawe area over here. So they brought this dress and these earrings. And now they're within our family because of this marriage. And then it got passed to this person because of this. You know, there's a story tied to these things. And so when mm-hmm. you talk about like the late 1800s and then all through the 1900s, the decimation and the stealing of uh, our our lands, our people, and then along with that, the artifacts or just the everyday things to us, you know, we were stripped of so much of that. And so now mm-hmm. there was like this regeneration that had to happen. Some mm-hmm. of the stuff was being like, we were able to hold on to some of the stuff and then a large regeneration of things. Yet we don't have, at least in my family, all of the, the stuff that we would have before. So say like not every person in my family has a full outfit of fully beaded or quill worked or sewn regalia. Not even mm-hmm. everyone in my family has a pair of their own moccasins. You know, we yeah. don't, not everybody even has a pair of footwear. Mm-hmm. And so when you think, oh, back prior to colonization and things being taken away from us, literally, physically, mm-hmm. um, everyone had their own stuff. And yeah. so you wouldn't have to hold on to things. Everyone had their own and it was fluid between trade and, and, and the movements of family and people and places, yet now because so much has been taken from us, we have that habit of like holding on to what we can mm-hmm. uh, to yeah. help continue for future. And so mm-hmm. I just wonder how that also shows up in the mentality in the modern sense. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Dang, see, now Chloe's going to be like, well, Michaela, <laughs> <laughs> according to Kellen. <laughs> true and especially when it comes to our regalia like those are just no question you know what I'm you saying? Know? those don't go anywhere 
Um, but yeah, I tried. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a minimalist. And I'm, I didn't give it right for I was like, this ain't going to work after a week. I was like, this ain't going to work. No. But yeah, and it, it makes all of the sense as to why we hold on to things. And that's, that's all of us. I mean... I mean, just going to the res, you see us saving things outside of our home. Literally, like, physically outside of the house. Yeah, like, this thing has rusted over, the, mm-hmm. you know, the plants are growing over it. Like, why do we still have this thing yet? Yeah. You still have this, it. There's this, this, this attachment to it. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I, I'm, I'm always curious about that. And I, I just think about that, you know, like, why do we hold on to so much stuff? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I honestly, for me, feels like at least part of it. Because so much has been taken. Exactly. Uh, Boom. So yeah. You know. Tasha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes sense now. Yeah. It definitely not now, but I mean, well, now for me, but it makes <laughs> it make it makes sense for sure. It definitely yeah. does. Just like yeah, one of those things. Uh, for me, it's like, just a little bit back. different. Oh no. Okay. Go. Ahead, go. go, ahead, go ahead. No, Sorry. no. I, that that was the last part I had. I just feel like for me, it's like it just kind of generates hurt for me because, mm. again, if things if things do break, it's like my world's crashing down because I did that to where like when my um, boyfriend passed away, I remember like down to like the littlest things. If I lost something or if something cracked or something breaked, it's like my I just my heart sunk or, wow. you know, so now it's like I think about things a little bit. Now, if I'm given something that's completely different, like I said, I, I'll keep things if it has a direct correlation with that person. But if it comes to something like I bought a long time ago or it clearly was a re-gift, like, okay, okay. they don't even know that they <laughs> gave me this. Like, I always think it like when it comes to things, I don't necessarily throw them away, but I always think, okay, there's someone out there who can't afford this item that's just sitting in the back of my closet. There's someone that's cold and can't, you know, doesn't have a coat that I'm just sitting here. So then I'll, I'll donate a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I choose not to have too much of an attachment to just things, especially if, you know, they're not necessarily sentimental gifts. I'll keep sentimental gifts. But if it comes to, like, little stuff, I'm just like, or that I bought, or, you know, maybe I'll use this. Maybe I'll, that's, that's what my sister was doing. Like, I was like, hey, have you used it in the last year? I'm like, you didn't even know this was here. I was like, are you going to use it? And she's like, well, I might use it. I might use it. I'm like, girl, it's been in here for five years, and you didn't even know. So it just depends on what it is. But, but yeah, it, like, just you kind of just bringing up, I think, just our ways as a people like I think that definitely does resonate with us because there are a lot of traumas that we're still dealing with you know especially as native peoples and obviously colonization is one of them there's a lot of things that we just haven't necessarily adjusted to based on the way this world works should we have to no not necessarily but it is the world we live in not in terms of saving stuff but just in terms of like contracts or you know, a lot of different things to where it's like there's a lot of these deep rooted histories with the way things have operated. Um, So it's about it's not about adjusting, but it is about, you know, just having learning and understanding a little bit more. So that way we can kind of improve our generation, next generation, our community and stuff like that. But a lot of these things we're still navigating that we shouldn't be, but we are um, and having to unlearn a lot of things. And that's the same for, you know, a lot of people, you know, even black people as well. Like a lot of things that, you know, we have to kind of navigate that are rooted in colonization. So, Mm -hmm. and there's a reason for why we do certain things and 
what to this day, why we might still be in certain situations. It's because, you know, sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's anger. You know, it's, it's a lot of things that are deep rooted that are still clearly embedded through our, our people and our traumas and our DNA, just because yeah. this is the way. And I was just talking about this yesterday, actually. Okay. We, um, I was, um, I teach um, or facilitate realistically a um, entrepreneur class. So all natives that, you know, are looking to be entrepreneurs or currently are entrepreneurs, we guide them through that whole process of marketing, the process of getting your business kind of going and established. But yesterday was scaling. And so we showed the little video on scaling and I was like, well, I do just want to say this. I was like, as black and brown people, you know, scaling up is always something that we struggle with because as a people, we're we know just to get it done. Regardless, we just get it done. Something's mm -hmm. not somebody's not doing something. I'm gonna do it myself. I don't want to depend on anybody because we have to make sure we're all right. And it's the same thing in our business. Like our businesses are something that we're passionate about to where we struggle to scale up because we're so used to doing things on our own. You know, we don't. But it's important to invest, obviously, in ourselves to allow ourselves to grow and to help. But it's, it's, it's just that mentality of we're used to struggle. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, it, and yep. it shouldn't be. Um, and, you know, it, it very much is. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of the things that we've been through, you know, we didn't necessarily want to go through, of course, but it made us, <clears throat> it made us who we are. You know, it made us this resilient, amazing group of people, but it's okay to not always have those labels and attachments anymore because it's it's not an obligation of anymore, yeah. you know. So so anyway, yeah. So I'm I'm just saying that there are a lot of different um, experiences that you know our people and our ancestors have experienced that still very much affect us today, and it is through you know small acts such as saving things, small acts mm -hmm. such as putting all of the pressure on our backs for things. So. Yeah. Yeah, my grandpa, one of my favorite quotes from him ever, uh, <laughs> he's talking about my grandma, but he's like, sometimes I wish your grandma didn't grow up so poor. And that always cracks me up because my grandma will say everything, you know, mm -hmm. it'll, it'll even be like a cooked pork chop, you know, it'll, it'll get saved for however many days because like, oh, it can still be eaten. You know, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> or just like whatever it is, like, uh, I don't know, just whatever it is. Cause like my mm -hmm. grandma grew up super poor. She grew up in the 1940s, 1950s. Her family didn't have much. Uh, mm -hmm. they were some of the first quote unquote migrant workers in Idaho and Washington. They would go out to the fields and pick the different, uh, products or, uh, like apples and, and, I don't know, potatoes. And I think she said like cherries, like they were the first workers. They would like come over to the res, pick up a bunch of natives and bring them over all throughout central Washington, uh, to have them work. And, you know, yeah. now we, we have more discussion <laughs> around migrant workers yet. When she talks about it, I'm like, that was you, Graham, you know, like yeah. as you were a kid, mm -hmm. uh, child labor, you know, things like that. Uh, my grandma grew up like super poor, obviously covered in love uh, and supported. Yet yeah, it shows up in her her day to day now. You know, my gram. If you know my grandma, shout out to her. She only rolls around in her Cadillacs today. She has <laughs> like three Cadillacs down. She has her Escalade. She has her little coupe, uh, and then she's got like the other Cadillac in the back that like mm -hmm. never gets driven. And then she has the fourth Cadillac that like now my grandpa drives. Like my grandma is like 
bossed down ultimate matriarch. She's got her <laughs> land. She's got her horse herd. She's got all her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren. My grandma's the one, you know? Yet she still holds on to those very things of, like, 1940s not having anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, the way it's, it's funny the way that it shows up still today, like, with every bit of, like, thing being milked to its absolute maximum capacity yeah. uh and so yeah it, it's just really just tying into everything that you said uh how how it goes back and yeah so like i always think of that like <laughs> that quote always stays with me like oh, i wish your grandma didn't grow up so poor uh because then mm-hmm. I, I think about like the way that it shows up for me with my upbringing not necessarily not necessarily like in poverty yet just like whatever it was in my younger days and how that shows up for me today mm-hmm. and then yeah as we like zoom the lens back to our community and our, our peoples in a greater sense, like, oh, what happened in the last 50 years? What happened in the last 100, last 200, last 500? Uh, that, like, okay, influences our actions here today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty Most crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my family would always say, at least my dad's side, my dad would say, you know, we're rich in love. Come on. And so that's that's really how it was because it's like when I moved with my mom, I'm like I always respected my mom because even though we didn't have a lot of money, it never felt that way. You yeah. know, it didn't like once you know once I moved with my mom and my sister over to the to the West Coast, it was like you know she had to do what she had to do, and I love her so much for that. But it's like yeah, we were we were poor, but it it didn't necessarily feel like that. Like I had my mom's my mom's love, my sister. You know, so it was like. It, that was fine. So, like, I always risk. That's why I hate seeing when people are out there. Because there are people out there who bring out their kids when they're asking for money. Like, I've seen it around mm. here to where it's like, okay, I see what mm. you're trying to do. But I'm like, I hate that for the child, you know, because uh, yeah. it's okay. You know, we all go through some things. We might not have money. But I think it's a life that, you know, <laughs> your child won't know. Especially depending on how old they are, of course. But yeah. um just giving them over, you know, and we've heard so many different parents who, who, you know, and experiences to where, you know, we were poor, but we didn't know we were poor. We didn't, yeah. even my grandmother yeah. said that, like my, my dad's mom and she was like, yeah, we were poor, but it never felt like it. Like, you know, and I think that's, what's cool. important is when you expose kids to money and put that kind of responsibility on them at such, such a young age, it's like they, they're missing the key important point of life you know which is to be happy and to find happiness in whatever you're given you know and I think black people and native people all have that experience of just you know making the best with what they have you know and I think that's what just makes us beautiful because we've always done that and I mean we wouldn't have beadwork we wouldn't have a lot of these things that Mm -hmm. we what, what that we use because we we use what we have to make things beautiful you know yeah but um but yeah, yeah, I just well, love us. <laughs> yeah, for real, without a doubt. And too, like, I, I want to shout out my mom too, because like, my mom down, like, I I grew up with a single mom. That that's my mm-hmm. earliest memories. Yeah. Is like just my mom and I, and then you know, like my auntie was around too. Yet it was my mom and I in Seattle, and then I I would spend time with my family back in Lapway. So like, I it'd be like my mom and I in Seattle. And then me back with my grandparents, my aunties, uncles, my cousins in Lapway for my summers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what I grew up around. Like, just like you're saying, like with your mom, you know, like I saw my mom hustling. I saw my mom yeah. moving and shaking every day. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and her. Uh, yeah. And so that's the way that I grew up. And like, even to this day, I still see it. Like, I still see my mom working down. I still see her grinding and I still see her 
showering the people around her with love and not showing the work behind it, you know, showing the grace without having to focus on the work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it honestly, like low key breaks my heart and also just like motivates the fuck out of me knowing the fact that like my mom literally had to go back to work two weeks after having me. So like Mm -hmm. a single mother in the late 1980s had two weeks to recover after physically birthing a human and then go back to provide for this person. Mm. Like I could not do that by any means, you know, it makes my hands shake just like in fury out of like our healthcare system and the way that we in general as a society disrespect the very people who create life and nurture life for the continuation of our families and our societies. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there isn't care for these superhuman beings that, you know, again, are, are, are putting brand new people into the world and physically changing their, not only their body, yet their, their entire mindset, their entire mentality, you know, like yeah. our mothers are mothers down forever. Like mm-hmm. they're never off duty. <laughs> Here we are three decades in and my mom is still on duty as a mom, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, she hasn't had a day off. And so it, it just like, like I said, it, it makes me feel very like loved and like motivated to continue to be better as a way of honoring that. And also it's kind of like, dang, like I want ease for my mom, you know, and, yeah. and for the rest. And so then when it comes to like my younger siblings, uh, cause my mom, uh, married my stepdad uh man that i called dad when i was uh six seven years old and so then my siblings grew up in like the full household you know where they had yeah. both of their parents it's and, crazy how and, that works you know and so <laughs> their know, mindset is way life. different yeah you know and so then it, it's crazy because i'm like oh i i come from like the hustler mindset from like mm-hmm. of the streets uh yeah. where literally like i was a kid walking the streets of seattle by myself Whereas my little siblings who grew up here in Spokane uh, in like the suburbs weren't allowed to walk the streets. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, I was in the urban jungle as a kid. Uh, and so like it influences the way that I walk today. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why I'll be out in these big cities and I'll go out and I'll do these things and have like this very hustle mentality because it's what I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's funny, you <laughs> know, because me and my little sister are the same way, right? Like, well, That's why when you were talking, I was like, same. Like, yeah, it's like you know, we have the street smarts to where it's like you never necessarily were put in that position to where you had to have street uh-huh. smarts or you had, you know, there was no reason for you. That was the whole point, right? <laughs> so yeah, you didn't have to, but yeah, yeah, it's crazy how you look at like your younger siblings and they just have a whole nother mindset and like world that you know they they see <laughs> yeah there's, there's us but yeah yeah which has been a reckoning for me in the last even like last six months you know mm-hmm. me really coming to terms with that and understanding and appreciating it mm-hmm. uh as part of you know my mental health journey and my spiritual journey because it's always like oh why don't you see the shit that i see and then now mm-hmm. it's like oh because we have completely different childhoods we have completely different parents even though they are the exact same people you yeah, know? exactly. Totally different experience. Yeah. Totally, like the things I've seen and the things she's seen or witnessed or has been around, 
they're just two different experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I might have my guard up about certain things or certain people, and she may not because she wasn't exposed to those, you know, yeah. qualities of those people or those whatever. Yeah. So yeah, two different things. But when it comes to like my parents, the same thing. It's like yeah, I want ease for my for my yes. mom for exactly. sure because I, I've seen that. It's like I, I've seen her. I don't know how she did it, but she had three dollars. She didn't get paid for two weeks. She made it. You know, she, we made it to those two weeks. You know yep. what I'm saying? And it's the same. It's a lot of these just different. You know, things that I wish, you know, I didn't have to, that my mom didn't have to go through, but we did. And I'm, you know, every, she broke her back to make sure we were taken care of and we were able to do the things that we could do. We might not be able to afford, she afford to go do certain things, but she made it happen. Like if it was tourneys, she was constantly taking me to tourneys and buying me what I needed or whatever. So it's like, yeah, I definitely, you know, especially now I want ease for, for my mom and even for my dad and for my grandmother, like those three are so important to me. And so I, and my dad, he has trouble accepting certain things. Cause I do, I try to do as much as I can for my mom. You know, if my grandmother needs something, I'll hit Amazon because she, she's like, my, she tells all her friends, my granddaughter Michaela can get anything off of Amazon. She says everything's there. So if I need something, I tell Michaela and she'll get, she'll go to Amazon. She's like, have you heard about Amazon? So she has to stay with Amazon. But I'm like, I can get you whatever you need. If something's broken, I'll fix it. And it's the littlest thing she gets so excited about. Like she didn't have a switch on her light for the longest time and I'm like okay, all I had to do yeah, is yeah. pop a piece on there and it like yeah. lit up her world <laughs> and so with my dad I'm like well you know it's okay when I do because I do I'll try to do things for my dad as well and he's always been very independent if he wants something he'll work for it and get it or whatever but like if they're you know I forgot what I was trying to do and I was like hey I'm like it's okay like you can accept me trying to do these things for you and I yeah. it's the same thing with my mom I'll be like you know you took care of you took care of me, you know, growing up. So at some point you have to be okay with allowing me to take care of you. So that's what I kind of tell all three of them. I'm like, yes, I love, you don't have to, you know, it's just your instinct to want to do things for me. But now I'm at an age to where if I can start paying, not paying it back, but, you know, doing the same things for you that bring you joy, it's okay to be okay with that. And I think they, they all kind of struggle with me, doing things for them but i just i've just learned to just do them anyway <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah it's at some point you know you, it's just you it's it's an appreciation to where it's like if i'm old enough to do these things and i'm financially stable to do these things i want to make you feel just as well as you made me you know that yeah. you made me feel so so yeah and that that is the point like you know want to make you feel just as loved as you made me feel mm-hmm. you know that is the point to shield uh, people away from the the struggle. I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't address it. You can definitely have oh, good sure. conversation about it. Yet, to where it's not necessarily the the thing that drives the experience or the memory of a time. You know, like mm-hmm. I I love like you're saying for like my younger siblings that they got to have everything that my parents set up for them in the way that yeah. they carried it out because that influences the way that they think now moving forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they didn't have to necessarily see all the behind the scenes stuff. They saw the play on stage, Mm -hmm. uh, which which is nice. That's a good way to put it. You know, <laughs> come on with the bar. Listen, listen to the water over there. I'm loving it. Uh, right, I don't even know what it is. Uh, yeah. Anyways, like all of that, and 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 just like the the cycle of it now. You know, to yeah. where it's like even with your family and the way that you contribute to your family where they don't always have to see all the things where it's just like, oh, I want to show you the way that I can 
care and, and take care of you and show you love and yeah. assist in the process in the way that you have done for me in my life. Yeah. And it's not all material. It's for me, nope. it's more so experience. Like I want, like they're, they're all getting older. And that's one thing mm-hmm. that I don't mm-hmm. like. It's, it gets uncomfortable once you, it's just that one, there's this one moment that will just throw you for a loop you know, come out of nowhere and you realize, dang, my parents are getting older. My grandmother's getting older, you know, and it can either make you sad in that moment or it can make you kind of motivated in a sense to where, you know, you're you're really just trying to be present with them as possible. And just to, you know, indulge, like, I love my family. Like I, 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 I'm around them more than I'm around any type of friends. Like I love being around my family. And so you know, once you realize your parents are getting older, your grandparents are getting older, it's like, dang. So it's like my way of kind of showing love is like I want them to be comfortable. You know, I'm not saying I'm preparing them for any type of exit, but it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. my way of kind of showing them that love is like I want you to be convenient. I want you to be comfortable. If Like, let's go take a trip. Like, I want you yeah. to experience things because I know you didn't get the chance to do so because you were raising us you were putting your money towards us you were making sure I was okay before you were okay you know so it's like now that we have access to all these different things you know it's like hey let's create an experience together let's go have a spa day or let's go it's just Mm -hmm. finding ways to show that you know I care for you and I love you and I want you to get the most out of this life and do things that you haven't done before. So it's like, that's why I got my parents' trips. My grandma will not get on a plane probably, but, you know, I try to find ways to make sure that she feels loved. And I'm like, what's something, you know, you haven't done that you've always wanted to do? Like, let's just go do it, you know? So yeah. those are my ways of, you know, that when I say I'm, I, I like to do things for them, it's that's, I want to create experiences for them. I want to make sure that they're comfortable, you know, and getting the most out of life because it's like they didn't always have that opportunity. So... Yeah. So yeah. Down. Well, and that's part of uh, what we are working towards every day, which is really great. Mm -hmm. And to have that encouragement, especially in the last week with the events that we had with our nation building conference. I was waiting for us to get there. We we didn't even talk about our week yet. Right? Because, I mean, it really is that, you know? Yeah. You know, it feels like that. You know, this is another step in the very things that we're talking about, the things that drive us, and then the steps that we're taking in action right here and right now to make it happen as a whole part of the process to achieve this major goal of of everything that we just said about, you know, creating this space and experience for our family and to be able to support. Uh, I always laugh because my grandpa, another thing my grandpa always says to me that I freaking love. Yeah. Also, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, pressure. Nah. Uh, he's like, oh, he's like, he always gestures to me. He's like, yeah, this is our retirement plan. You know, oh, Kellen's our retirement plan, um, which it, it always makes too. me laugh. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you know, he's like, so he'll support me. He's like, oh, yeah, that oh, he's like, he's I'm betting on you, big guy. He's like, you're, you're our retirement plan. Uh, and like, I know he's halfway joking. Yet he also means it. In, yeah, exactly. In like. In all the right ways. Uh, exactly. In a way of faith, you know, yes. being like, I see you doing big things like you already are. And I can see it going in this whole direction to the point where, yeah, you would just be able to support us based off of your success alone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so, yeah, I always love that. And, yeah, this it felt like a step in that uh, being at the the conferences past weekend. So uh, for people who may have missed our last few episodes uh, one, go back and listen. Nay, mm-hmm. uh, 
to go back and rate them five stars on Apple <laughs> Podcasts. Nay, leave a yes. review. <laughs> I'm saying this right now, y'all. Write a review. We want to hear. Come um, on. We want to know we got listeners. Out yes. There. <laughs> go ahead. Even if it's a sentence, taste what did Kellen say? A whole 45 seconds of your time. Go write us <laughs> yeah. a review, review. Hit us with a few stars, you know, preferably five. You know, right. we'd, we'd like to hear from y'all. Yo, it, it, and sorry. And if you do, uh, take a screenshot, send it to us. Let us know. Yes. Uh, we, we'd love to know and we'd love to honor you. Uh, so thank you so much. At me, bro. No, uh, <laughs> no, but for real, uh, we would really appreciate it. And yeah, if you do have an iPhone out there, um, there is the Apple podcast app, which is already automatically installed on your phone. It's the purple square with the white circles and the microphone looking thing. Go in there, search quantum theory. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, you know that if you're listening to the show here on the app, <laughs> yeah, uh, scroll down just a little bit, uh, tap the stars, uh, like Meek said, five stars, preferably, uh, you know, you do your honest value and, and appreciation. Uh, we just hope that we're giving you a five star effort. Uh, well, we are giving you a five star effort. Hopefully it comes across as a, a five star resonance for you and your bones. Uh, and yeah, if you have a review to match it, please uh, throw it down. Yeah, beyond that, um, suck. What was I saying about the thing? Um, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, oh, the I lost myself the in it. The conference. Conference. Yeah, something about the conference. Dang it. You're going to have to pick me up because I got way too lost in that. That's okay. So yeah. last week we had the nation, <laughs> the nation oh, building business conference. Card. There it is. Yes. 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 We had the nation building business conference and <laughs> me and Kellen were honored to be asked to be a part of their discussion panel about digital media and native communities. So it That's was right. me, Kellen. It was Daniel from Brown Sound. Um, Javier couldn't be there, but um, Daniel represented very well. And then Sean Spruce of Native America Calling. So they basically just wanted to get it to, you know, it was all good. I was a little excited but nervous at the same time because I'm like, you got a very spicy mix on the stage. <laughs> Come on, spicy um, mix. You know, and we didn't cross that level, you know, that you get here on the show. We didn't kind of cross no line, you know. <laughs> it was very generic, but in all the right ways, we were able to just kind of establish who we were and what we're doing and why we're doing it and the importance of it at the same time. And so we had an amazing conversation um, and we were honored to have a seat at that table. So that's when we were, you know, that's at the beginning of the show when we were like, oh, yeah, we've seen each other. It was at the it was at the nation building conference. So and another thing, just real quick, I one thing that was just amazing to see and to be in that room was I'm like, dang, we didn't have this as entrepreneurs when we were first getting started, like just seeing all of the resources in that room and how like entrepreneur entrepreneurism is now booming. You know, at least I feel within, you know, Indian country and um, just seeing that there's more entrepreneurs just coming out to the works, you know, it makes me feel like I got to stay on my toes because <laughs> I got to keep thinking, you know, creatively because I'm like, there's so many coming up and coming out, which is great. You know, this is how we, this is what me and Kellen are talking about in order to provide for our families in order to do that much more and have a comfortable living. It takes generational wealth, learning the system to work the system, system in our favor and to see that there's so many different resources now. I'm like, dang, like y'all got, y'all got it. Like, the people yeah. who and this the unfortunate part is not everybody realizes they got it you know but the mm -hmm. ones that do it's like man there's so many resources for you now there's so many grants going out to just support your dream and it's like we didn't have access to these resources at least to this magnitude when we were really trying to not make it i don't really understand that term necessarily not make it in certain worlds but um yeah, to yeah. really 
um, get this thing going. You know, we had to struggle to get to continue to do the things that we love when it shouldn't be that way. And so now there's so many resources that way you don't. You can do what you love and make a living off of it. So, um, so yeah, that was the beautiful part of the conference overall. So shout out to Janelle and her amazing team for putting that together because it was it was amazing just to, again, to be in that room and to see how everything um, came together. And of course, the fashion show and the oh, business pitch that Kellen was the oh, highlight of, you know, so it was just amazing. And if y'all haven't seen either of those, I have both of those. I have the... Um, the discussion panel on the Indigenous Creatives in, um, Instagram page. So head over to Instagram at Indigenous Creatives. We have the discussion panel and I have the full fashion show on there as well for y'all. So feel free to check it out. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, yeah, I was honored to be a part of these things, you know, to be a portion of all of the amazingness that was these two evening events. Uh, So there was the business pitch event uh, where they had two categories, one for emerging businesses and another one for established businesses. They were offering three prizes for both of the categories uh, for second and third with their different cash values. There were 11 contestants, I want to say all together, seven in one category, four in the other Everyone did so amazing, and and it was really great to be able to be in the room and to see uh, people putting their heart into pitching their business. Uh, So, like, with Michaela talking about, like, you know, all these people coming together, it it really was that. You know, during the day, there were classes on uh, working natural resources and then another class on uh, bookkeeping So being, for me, I was in the bookkeeping classes during the day, being in there with other business owners who, like, it's like, we know our business, we can do our, like, we know the thing that we do, the service or the product, yet the, the technical stuff, you know, the financial literacy or the, the tax reporting, the accounting, the literal bookkeeping, like, how do we manage these things? Uh, Because you know, that's, it's kind of a harder task than doing the thing that you know how to do. So it was great being in those rooms with other people, knowing that they wanted to learn these things in order to advance the thing that they're doing. And then for that to carry over into the business pitch competition where, yeah, people literally came up with their own specific uh, pitch for whether it was their emerging or established business and uh, a product or a project that could use the financing uh, so yeah, it was, it was awesome to be a part of those events. Uh, and I was low key kind of shamed out, uh, because, uh, so yeah, this is a personal story. Ooh, you got, y'all get the inside tea. Uh, so, uh, behind the scenes, nay. Um, I was, I was shamed out because, uh, I went into the business page. I brought my laptop with me to the actual event cause we had to be there early and then, than the course of the thing. And I, I was kind of late in the lineup. And I remember I brought my laptop in and as soon as I got in to check in, then I went to like find a corner to open up my laptop to keep studying, to like keep working on refining my pitch and to like make it the best that I could. Uh, I wanted to have all of my notes down. I wanted to have all my talking points solidified, everything. And 
that only lasted for about, I want to say 90 seconds because mm-hmm. somebody came up to me and they're like, Oh, Kellen, this and this. And then somebody else came up and they're like, Oh, Kellen, this and this. And then other of the pitch participants or contestants started to gather around and then talk through their nerves or through their excitement. Mm-hmm. And I realized really quickly, I was like, it's not about you being perfect, Kells. And it's not about like you coming in cutthroat, dead set or like, you know, dead on with all of the notes that you want to hit. Mm -hmm. It's about this experience being here with these other people. Uh, And so like, yeah, it like I said, it only took me about 90 seconds of my laptop up and out to then finally where I closed it. And then I was like, I'm going to engage with everyone here. Because we're mm-hmm. all going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's why I was kind of, like, shamed out. Because just, like, my mentality kind of going into it, I was like, oh, I got to be perfect. I, I got to do right. Because I, I like to execute at a high level. Just me personally. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I often find that I get to that high level through rehearsal, through, through practice, through repetition. And I, I put in work outside of that moment to get there. And so I just had to trust that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then understanding that the experience and the networking and the connection and the support value was the primary objective in the moment was like yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's regardless, it's like you have to think about your customer and your consumer base and, you know, what are they really connecting to? And investors especially, they want to know the same thing. What am I putting my money towards? What story am I contributing to? What seed am I watering? And so when it comes down to explaining your business and what you plan on doing and what you currently are doing, it's like you really just want to be you want to show them how present you are and kind of where, you know, the, the, the story behind your business, that's what people want to hear and understand. So when I saw you like pacing and trying to find a corner, when I was there, I was like, Kellen, what are you doing? And I like how I was like, follow like, Kellen, I'm follow you. Like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, and I'm like, shoot, he really wants to like, you know, get this straight. So I'm like, you know what? Let me give him a space. Even though I keep telling it, Hey, you know, is everything's going to be all right? You know, you got this. We can talk about business all day. So I'm thinking, you know, whatever. What's up, Kellen? literally like, just like, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to find a quiet corner somewhere. I was uh, like, people keep talking to me. <laughs> and I'm like, you got it. And I'm like, it's just, that's the thing is like, I, that's how I feel like I definitely was in my business. Listen, it wasn't until I kind of was started dipping, you know, my toe into public speaking and I'm realizing and I'm, you know, I'm watching these different videos and they're just like, you know, they just want to get to know you. They want to mm. get to know your business, you know, because I always say you can't bullshit a bullshitter. And it's like if you have this face on all this time and you have all these things rehearsed, it's like there's you're, you're missing that connection and everyone wants that connection. And then you throw in, you know, you add a little seasoning in there of how you plan on executing your business, of course. So that way people feel safe and in investing and in buying into your business. But what I'm realizing is like people just really want to get to know you, what yeah. you're doing and how it's influencing not only yourself, but others, especially with the native business, how is it's influencing others in your own way. 
So, so yeah, when you were pacing, I'm like, you got this. I don't understand why you're stressing. Like, what is going on? Like, let's go grab some, you know, some, let's go do something. Like, I'm just like, you're, you're going to be fine. Like, <laughs> I did not feel fine at the time. I was like, oh, girl. Well, it was worth yeah. it. And I think yeah. that's the thing. It's like, it's an accumulation of all of our feelings. And especially when it comes to business, it's like, it's, it, it really truly is a journey and it's a, it's an internal journey before anything else. And I think that's what a, a lot of so-called entrepreneurs don't really understand is like entrepreneurism challenges the f-u-c-k out of you like it really you have to become a different individual you have to grow through certain things you have to deal with things you don't even want to even think about or deal with because in order to get the most out of this journey you have to put yourself in there to be able to execute your long-term goals and so I think all of these experience, if you weren't pacing, if you weren't scurrying around to find a corner, if you weren't, you know, you wouldn't have had that realization. Well, wait, let me just connect and network with these people who are feeling the exact same way, you know, which kind of gave you the actually allows you to live that experience. You know what I'm saying? So. So, yeah, I get it. But I mean, it worked because for y'all that don't know, homegirl got first place (laughs) and took home that big check. Kevin did the damn thing and um, it was all worth it but that's what I'm saying it's like that's what entrepreneurs it's the good the bad and the ugly no matter how big or small that really create you to get to where you want to be and and you did it so um, so yeah and also be on the lookout for that collection because I know I'm waiting to see that collection myself this Moosehide collection Kevin's got I'm ready too so yeah all good things got new pieces (laughs) on deck I, I actually have like uh all all the pieces made i got custom boxes uh for it all i'm I'm just so excited to put out this new project because it feel or it is it's a next step in what i'm offering uh with the trunell original brand so it's been nice to take on the challenge of elevating the brand itself and now getting to the point where it's about to be shared with other people uh mm-hmm. and this kind of goes back to what you were saying before in other in other of our episodes and also within the panel that uh, you just talked about of us podcasters being up there is like you don't know who's watching. Mm-hmm. And so simply by like doing the things that we want to do and executing in, in the high level that like one may personally want to execute, you don't know who's watching and how that may influence them and hopefully influence them for the better. And Mm -hmm. so I'm finding that with this collection, it's very much that where even when it comes down to something as simple as pricing, it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure to be honest and true to the value of the goods that I'm offering with my pricing. And even if it makes me personally feel uncomfortable, one, it's good for my business. And two, who knows how it can help another person with their business, Mm -hmm. helping to establish a standard where it's like, okay, I see people paying this much for this good, or I see people valuing this good at at this level. Maybe me, the individual creator now can also match that and or work to surpass it. Yeah. Uh, And so it's, it's been also kind of like a mental challenge for me to be like, okay, keep pushing through this and have confidence in it. Because I feel shook half the time. Uh, And so I've really been leaning on my network as of late to keep me confident as I push forward. 
because I very much want to be a part of that wave of making sure to solidify the standard of, of the luxury value of this hand-created, high-quality, handcrafted artwork that's getting put out for hopefully other people to also see, to be like, yeah, I can value my shit at that that level too, especially if I'm executing at that level, uh, and to possibly even like want to step up their game or not even step up yet, also show how they are out there killing it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it's again, it's not a competition. There's it's a whole wide world of opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I'm simply a squirrel. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yes. playing. Uh, anyways. Yeah, so I'm excited to share it to you. And yeah, it the whole nation building conference itself was like one of those huge motivators uh, mm-hmm. to get things going. So I'm looking forward to getting that prize, to applying the funds to the business plan that I set forward, uh, because I wasn't I wasn't joking. <laughs> the funds can be used immediately to execute the vision that I have. Uh, yes. And I'm already heavily personally invested. So I'm like, my money's already in the game. So this little bit extra, boom, it gets me over the edge and it yeah. gets the project out to the consumer. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to watch. Yeah. Ready to watch. Yes. Uh, and then the fashion show was dope uh, to see. I I can't remember. I think there was like nine, ten. Uh, I'd have to run back the list. Uh, designers who offered up some of their creative designs and a good number of models, 20, 20 plus, I want to say, uh, not only from uh, our reservation and or our tribe, yet from other places as well. And uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten designers, it looks like. Uh, I have the, the set list still. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was dope to see the things that people created and to see, like, all of these people looking fly as fuck on the stage from young to, like, you know, our, our adult categories. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a whole wide range of people up on stage looking great, feeling confident, and being able to soak in the energy that was being shared with them from the adoring audience. Yeah, it was an amazing, it was amazing, amazing fashion show. And I think what was so amazing about it was it was all about, it was all of us. It was Nimipu. It was, it was awesome to see, you know, especially like even the models, like, seeing my cousin up there it's like dang like you know it's it's the growth for me for everybody you know seeing y'all on the stage all of it like it was it was it was a really great show and I think everybody felt very proud and everyone was still like on a high after the show so um it was great and then that heel moment I lived for it Calvin brought out the pump the red pump and I was telling Calvin I was like hey you should do the whole show in this pump because you kill it in these heels the legs match like you should do the pump he's like nah 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 all of a sudden there's like a little break you know Kellen's not on stage but the other host is and then I was like what I was like okay maybe Kellen's doing a quick like change maybe he actually is using you know the toilet I don't know and so like <laughs> Kellen comes stomping through the the curtains in a hill and I could not scream any louder I was so I was like yes and it was amazing just to see you in your element I lived for it the crowd went crazy but it also was just so monumental to me as well. Like just seeing 
you especially within our community like being your full self within our community whether people people shouldn't be uncomfortable for anyone that is it's like I felt like that was such a dominant statement to make you just being your whole self in general I think just was it was it was it was huge it was a big moment and I think also probably for others as well who actually you know are LGBTQ seeing that and be like man you know this is in my community this is something I can look up to because we didn't have that you know we would have never have seen that within our own community on that that sort of platform so overall I just love the overall message but more importantly I just love seeing my friend doing what they love and being exactly who they wanted to be and I just loved it it was a whole I was screaming y'all I was screaming Yes, but overall, it was a great, it was an amazing just having Kellen as a host. And I'm like, I knew, I knew, I knew you were going to be a natural. So it was great. Thank you. Yeah, it it felt so good to be up on that stage with Daniel. Like, I I didn't have any worries. I knew it was going to be a good ass time. And especially Daniel and I were texting the days before, just kind of like, talking about things not even rehearsing or whatever yet just in our text conversations the Mm -hmm. comedy that was coming through i was like this is only going to translate when we're up on stage together so i was hella hyped to be up there ah thank you that was really good and i was just like listening to the crowd like they were just laughing at everything you were saying like everything (sighs) was so funny like it was perfect it was perfect i know it was both you i think it was your first time emceeing is it your first time emceeing basically yeah i mean yeah in the official capacity yeah Mm -hmm. really daniel it was probably I think it was his first time too and I'm like this is like y'all need your own show because I'm like this, this is working out very well so yeah everyone loves it y'all definitely set the tone not surprised at all because I know both of you obviously um so I I loved it yeah well thank you and it was dope because it was all off the cuff you know the oh, girls yeah. were unrehearsed we just went out there uh and it was like all right here we go uh so what what's it gonna be uh, mm-hmm. And it was great to like have that energy of just like being able to riff off of one another. Mm-hmm. And that's something you're very good at. Like you can easily pick it up regardless. So it was like you both kind of played off of each other really well. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. And I'm just glad that it translated. I'm glad that it translated to the audience, the things that we were saying and doing. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily see myself as a funny person uh, yet. It was great to be up on stage and to hear laughs coming from the things that we were saying and sharing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, down. I guess we're doing something right. <laughs> um, and I thank you again, even for that comment, because I guess I didn't think of that fully about the impact. For me, it was just like, I want to go out on some heels because uh, I was like, mm-hmm. all these other girls are out in here in heels. I want to be in heels. Yeah. Everyone else is out here looking cute. I want to look cute. You know, so mm-hmm. like I put a, I put my outfit together because I wanted to look cute because I knew people were going to look cute and I didn't want to be left out. Uh, yeah. People were out there in their heels stomping down the runway. I was like, well, I could put on some heels and stomp down the runway, too. I want to do it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it felt very much that. And then to he- I mean, I, I, I considered it in a sense that 
that's have not it, the like, important part back. at all. Yeah, like, that's like, just secondary. Like, yeah. yes, there, there is an impact there, but that's not necessarily why you did it. And it shouldn't be. You shouldn't have yeah. to feel like you have to be resilient. And, you're, you know, it shouldn't have to feel like you're taking a risk. Like, you just felt naturally, you know, naturally able to do that. But I'm sure there are people out there who don't feel that way. But now you made it that much easier for them to do that. So that was just a bonus yeah. to you just being your whole self. Like, period. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And that's really cool like hearing so many people being like oh my gosh I love that moment or like my Mm -hmm. little cousins being like yes girl slay Mm -hmm. you know after like the youth just like fully accepting and and Mm -hmm. loving and and not even the youth like all generations like yeah men and women who came up afterward they're like oh my gosh when you came out in those hills and Mm -hmm. even the videos that I see uh from the different angles that people captured there are huge smiles on people's yeah. faces where yeah. they're like living for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, again, I love that too. Just like you're saying, being able to, by a simple action, create space and to not, maybe not even create space yet, just to be in the space and to yeah. show that it is there and exactly. to show that the acceptance is there and the opportunity is there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Going into it, I actually was going to wear a different outfit. I low-key wanted to wear my dress that I made, the black dress. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wear that and pair it out with something else. And then I was like, I don't know, Kellen. I was like, that's probably too risky. You'll probably offend people. Uh, and I, I didn't want to, like, make things about me or what I was wearing. And so I actually toned it down. Uh, with like what I put together, which I'm still very happy with what I put together. I, I loved the, the, the final result. Uh, yeah, I had that consider, like I had that fear low key of like, ooh, I, I low key want to step out in this dress. Yeah, if I do, it might rub people the wrong way. And as the MC or one of the MCs, I don't want to have like a bitter taste or a bitter tone up on stage for this thing that is bigger than me. You know, I'm only a very, very tiny portion of this greater show. Uh, yet the the heels like being a part of it, being like, OK, like it is at least a nod to or like a, a small step in in remaining true to to myself or, you know, to to the greater community. Um, now I'm starting to lose myself because I'm getting lost in my own insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. That was like. <laughs> No, well, obviously, see, there's no need to turn it down because you turned it all the way up. And I think obviously our community clearly supports everything you have and everything that you do. And realistically, it comes down to just normalizing things. This is us changing the narrative. This is us, you know, this is us being us. And, you know, we need a, that that was you change. That was you normalizing. And we, we shouldn't have to necessarily feel as though everything we do, it has to have a certain meaning or it's just you being you regardless of what that looks like. And I think no matter what you know for anybody I think we all should be living our full selves you know we shouldn't feel like we have to dress a certain way talk a certain way act a certain way you know just being ourselves and I think that's what you resembled and first of all the MC is supposed to always be suited and booted and bust down so I'm like if that's (laughs) what you are to wear you definitely should have because I know I like everything you make and I want to see it all but um but no I think you you shut it down in all the right ways and yeah I think it very much is a very real insecurity no matter and even people who are, you know, doing um, 
it's like some of the biggest role models that we look up to still have very deep insecurities, you know, and it's just something that we have to work through, work through. But I think it's important to also look at the impact because that will allow you to do the things you want to do and completely live in that a hundred percent without questioning anyone or doing anything for anybody. And you're not even that type to really, I feel like, I feel like you do what you want to do regardless, but it is very real. We all are very human and we do second guess ourselves, but, um, I'm just saying now you don't have to do that. <laughs> <Trust>. <laughs> yeah. So there'll be moments and there'll be times, you know, this isn't the end. This is the first step in a lot of things. And I've mm. talked about it here on the show, like how even like rejoining the powwow circle, like how mm. I want to step out in my different dresses, you know, exactly. Because it is very much that it's, it's a thought of the impact. It, one, yet more than that, two, being true to the self. You know, these are things that I always want to do. This is thing, These are things that, like, my heart is called and drawn to do and has been for years, yet I've suppressed it. Uh, and so, like, mm-hmm. now being autonomous and being an adult who can make their own decisions and can literally make the very things on my mm-hmm. own. Like, I don't need anyone to help me, even though I, you know, it is a community thing, too. So I, I open myself up to help uh, and I don't close myself off to the support. Uh, it's like it can be done, you know, so it's like yeah. let's do it now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm excited and there, there's more to come yet. This was a really great step and, and it was an honor again. Thank you, Jonelle and, and everyone at Nimi Pufan and everyone who worked on the show. Uh, it was, it was really great. And before we, or before I, I stop too, I, I want to also just shout out the artists, uh, who contributed their work to the show. Uh, so we had Gia Paul and Terry Carnes. We had Kiri and Lydia from uh, Wayapaim Collective. We also had Sylvia Peasley from Osprey Nest Rawhide Arts. There was Mar Lawyer from Noitan Nation, uh, Yvette Whitman from Cloudline Design, JC So Happy, as well as Renee Holt from Indigenista Love, Loretta Penny uh, from uh, Native Creations by Loretta Penny, and finally uh, Lulu Henry with uh, Inchiwana. So shout out to all those designers and art contributors to the show, uh, because everything you put on those models really was, it was like armor for them. They walked out so strong and Mm -hmm. just confident and beaming. And so I thank you all for the work that you put out there because Mm -hmm. it it was medicine. It was truly medicine. Mm-hmm. It was cute because it's like the models only got more confident and more confident. Because obviously <laughs> right. they were using the same, they're all using the same models. And so for the first time they'd come out, they'd come out. And then by the second, third, fourth time they came Filling out, they themselves. were striking pose at the end of the runway. <laughs> they put a little bit more pep in their step. But it was cute because where I was sitting, I was sitting kind of, I wasn't at the front of the stage, but I was like, front of the long like the runway it wasn't the front of the runway but I was in front of the stage so the runway yes. comes out obviously from the stage and so I was kind of in that little nook or that corner and um, it was cute because they'd walk out and then on their way back as they're approaching the stage they could hear them like people screaming or yelling their name and they'd always get like a little smirk as they mm-hmm. were walking back to the stage and I'm like oh, that's so cute and it's cute because Jaden does that Jaden Layton shout out mm-hmm. to her she's an amazing model I think she's signed actually and um 
I seen her in, at Swaya. I seen her at Santa Fe. She was in the model. She was a model for the fashion show. And remember, she was coming out. And me and my mom were going crazy because I'm like, all right, Anemi Poo on the stage. And we're like, Jaden. And I, I could tell she heard us because she, she'll she get a little smirk and then try to look serious again. <laughs> and it was the same thing there to where all, all the models did that. So they're walking out. You yell their name. And I remember um, Sequoia coming out and like screaming because I remember she was nervous about modeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and especially being a, you know, a new mom. This was her mm-hmm. first time really coming out since you know giving birth which i'm sure a lot of moms you know they struggle with some sort of insecurity um with getting just back out there and trying to do things for them or feeling pretty and so she had that insecurity but she came down and shut the shit down and so when she came out it's like people were screaming i noticed a little smirk on her way back to the thing and i'm like (laughs) dang i'm like i love that for like every model they have that confidence booster and then that's when they started coming out you know, they might stop and do another pose or, you know, they're feeling themselves. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was amazing. So yeah, shout out to the models. Shout out to Salilo and Jacob who um, made sure everything went smoothly and did so much for the show. So overall, great job. And I know everybody was bum rushing Janelle and saying, let's do year two. Is this going to be an annual thing? And I know from experience when it comes to events, like (laughs) you just want to sleep. You know, I'm not even thinking, can I just enjoy the success of this one for five minutes? Just five, you know, let's not even talk about next year yet. Like, you know, you're just drained and exhausted and you're just like, y'all still asking me for stuff. Like, look what I just gave you. You know what I mean? So um, I do hope to see it next year because it was such great. It's really great. And I can only imagine it getting bigger. It was a packed house. So I I think it could get get bigger easy. But it was all it was all great. Again, if you all want to see the show, head over to the Indigenous Creatives page and watch the whole I think it's like 95 minutes, hour and a half. Very well worth it every single second. So go watch it. Without a doubt. Ah, yeah, so a great week, really. (laughs) Yes, really great week, really great week. (laughs) You know, uh, revitalized, encouraged, and connected, even deeper connected with so many other people, business owners, artists, uh, and even people who help business owners. So, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, industry folk as well. Uh, So, yeah, it it was great. And beyond that, too, just like even a note about there there was loss in the community at the exact same time during the same time. And how it affected so many people who were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it, it was as as sad as it is to process through loss. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's also so encouraging to see the strength and power behind so many of our people uh, who can who can do it all. You know, yeah. truly like be there for their family in the capacity that they can be there, grieve the loss of a loved one while also still managing and handling and and connecting in a vibrant and positive way with a large upfront live community, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just like, wow, it, it really just made my heart warm Uh thinking of of the love that we have for one another and then the love and how that love spills over and is able to share with so many other people it it's just encouraging beyond words yeah yeah and i think it kind of just goes to show and it really just ties this whole episode together of community and being you know having being around our own people on our own lands and really 
being able to kind of fall into that love of of our own and I think you know during that time yes it was a very heavy time I think for a lot of people in that room but the way we kind of laughed and leaned on one each other on each other especially that night like you know we're all going through these things we're all feeling these things but to be here together and to just be comfortable enough to to laugh being comfortable enough to you know, just be with each other. And, you know, that I think that was what was beautiful. And that's, that's the beauty of the res. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of, you know, being with your people is, is it's a feeling, it's an energy, it's a vibe, it's a union, it's an understanding, you know, and I think we def that that was definitely in the room um, that night. So which was which was also very beautiful. It was beautiful to hear our people laugh and to see them smile during such a hard time, but also know it's okay to, you know, we heal and we, we, we show love in different ways and that that's one of them, you know, and it always has been and it always will be is, you know, generating laughter and leaning on one another at the same time and showing up for one another. And so um, I think that's that was definitely the icing of, on the cake for for the conference. Um, and it's a very much a healing time, no matter what anyone's going through to be around, you know, your people and to see them thrive, I think is a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. moment, you know. Yeah, and major, major props to you, Michaela, for managing the Indigenous Creatives team, uh, doing all the social media marketing and and capturing and sharing of the events that happened throughout the entire conference. It was great seeing you there in your boss form, again, (laughs) managing your team and and making sure that the event itself is recorded in in history and and documented in a really great way uh, so that other people can know about it and hopefully as the years go it can grow and mm-hmm. you'll you and, and your your company's efforts uh are an integral part of all of that so you know mm, thank you congratulations thank you. to you and thank you. and everything that you do is is really cool to see thank you yeah i was nervous because this is our it was our first like big contract so we're really uh-huh. getting paid to do things that we were doing anyway but for to actually you know sign on the line and be like, mm-hmm. all right, you're hiring us for our actual services. This was the first big contract we had. And um, so, yeah, I was just, I was just really just trying to make sure we were staying on top of what we were. And it was really just beautiful to witness. And we're cooking up some things for, for Nimi Poo Fund. So, I mean, it's up to them to release it, but um, we got some beautiful things and I'm very anxious and um, to see how the community receives it. And um just the whole highlight of the week. So um, we have some very talented people. So it made our job easy. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. A lot of firsts in the conference. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, seeds that were planted. You'll probably see so much more coming out of this uh, because yeah, we we showed up and we showed out in such a great way. And so mm-hmm. it was great to have the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the title, Seeds That Are Planted. Come you know, on, this okay. Because this is a good episode. We might have to break this one up. We went strong. <laughs> we just might have to be a two-part. Well, exactly. <laughs> Shoot. Get, get uh, our bang for our buck. I know. Uh, and uh, speaking about, like, uh, or I guess, like, before heading out, uh, about, like, supporting one another and falling into community, also want to uh, shout out some people from our podcast community uh, a pair of friends that uh, I got to meet down in Las Vegas at the Podcast Movement Evolution Conference. That was a few weeks ago. Uh, Mahogany and Alicia, they are the hosts of the Black Girl Journey. And they did this awesome uh, Black and Brown Creator shout out 
for Quantum Theory, Michaela and I, on their socials the other day. And so we just really appreciate that. And uh, if you haven't listened to The Black Girl Journey, you can find them on your podcast platforms. And just a little bit about The Black Girl Journey in general. Uh, It's uh, about two black women on this journey called Life. Discovering how to manage their finances, intimate relationships, work-life balance, growing their faith, a little pop culture, being black, and anything else a black woman may journey through. Journey with us, aka Alicia and Mahogany, every other Monday on Apple and Spotify. Uh, So yeah, definitely go and check out their show. They have amazing discussions. And it was actually pretty fun to hear one of their latest episodes because they talked about that very conference. I just mentioned the podcast movement's evolution down in Las Vegas. And they share some crazy stories that had me laughing. (laughs) And it was also really cool to be a part of some of their stories uh, where... You know, my name was mentioned in there. Our names were mentioned in there uh, from having the interactions with them in person, uh, along with, you know, the good homie Angelo, as well as others that we met down at the conference. So it's really awesome to have made these connections with people and to now see how we are able to continue to support one another as we keep pushing on and pushing forward with our different endeavors. Most definitely. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting them in person, but from the small interaction that I have had, they are some amazing folks. So I'm glad that um, we are able to make and, you know, hopefully in the process of creating community with them. Um, But yeah, shout out to everyone. You know, it's been a fantastic week. If y'all's week wasn't that fantastic, you know, we appreciate you showing up, listening and pushing through. Life is not easy. It does have its challenges, but everything's a test. And so, um, just keep moving in the right direction. Keep pushing. Push through this week. Find the beauty in the little things. If we did one thing, hopefully inspired you to connect with your community and find the ones you love and just appreciate them for who they are. Anyway, we love y'all and we'll see you next week. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com. Feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shout-outs to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. Kotskiya pihechnu. See you next time.